the word of the Lord. Again, from the book of Isaiah, the 35th chapter, the beginning of verse 8, where it says, And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. This is the word of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus. All of you gathered here on this day in God's house, brothers and sisters in the faith, as well as those of you who are joining us through our cable broadcast or our other media uh, communication. I'm going to ask you to, um, actually, if you're able to, to, to find a Bible, grab a Bible, and I'm going to invite you to go to Isaiah. Uh, we will eventually be looking at Isaiah 35, but the first place we will be looking in the scripture is Isaiah chapter 40. So if you're able to find that place, uh, that would be wonderful. But as you're doing that, I'm, I'm going to ask um, whether or not any of you have uh, had a chance to be able to benefit from, experience, maybe even attend the um, Advent midweek services to this point. And I'm talking about the 5 o'clock. We also have the 7 o'clock services. But the 5 o'clock where our school children have been involved, this past Wednesday was preschoolers and kindergartners. Um, I don't know how many of you were there in that uh, service. How many of you chose to watch that service from the safety of your own homes? Um, but um, what a joy to see the enthusiasm as they tried to outshout one another, telling Jesus love. And that's precisely what they were doing, by the way. They were doing it because their teachers encouraged them to say, we want to make sure that everybody can hear about Jesus and to see three, four, five-year-olds literally almost screaming at the top of their mouth, at the top of their voice, just so people can hear about Jesus. Can't we all learn and benefit and be inspired by that. But it's the week before the service that was put on by our first through fifth graders that I wanted to, from St. Lawrence School, that I wanted to, to think about. And I don't suppose we have any students from the first through fifth grade here. Why am I working my way towards the back, I wonder? I don't know. This is where the kids are so thankful that I can't really see all that well, you know, because I have no idea who's sitting where. But I know that there are some here, so maybe parents are going to have to to cajole or, or whatever. But what was the theme? What was the one thing that was the theme of the first through fifth grade service? Any first or fifth grader through fifth graders here? Go ahead. Signs. Exactly. And this shall be a sign to you. The whole service was based on signs and, um, and how God through the scriptures had given people signs. But they put up many different signs that they had drawn and so forth. There were uh, all kinds of traffic signs. You know, stop signs and merging traffic signs and, and all kinds of things. But there was one particular section that had to do where the signs were uh, orange in nature. Um, again, any students here? What kind of signs fit that category? What kind of signs, road signs, are, are usually orange? Maybe accompanied by some barrels, too. Yeah, construction. Yeah. Now, Pastor Holzman, who was in the first service, um, he often, uh, when he preaches, will invite people to consider something in their mind's eye. And so I'm going to ask you to do that this morning as well. If that means you close your eyes, go ahead. Don't fall asleep yet. But, um, but I want you to imagine that you are driving down the highway, the interstate, and you're heading someplace 
either for vacation or to a family wedding or reunion, and you're on schedule to get there okay, and, uh, and, and it's not wintertime, it's, it's summer or spring, whatever, and you're, you're heading down the road, everything's just going great, you're, you're making good time, and now as you see that in your mind's eye, I want you to be honest what your first reaction is when all of a sudden in the distance you start to see the orange signs and their first one that you come to says road work ahead all right you're chuckling is that what you do on the road when you're when you encounter that something tells me you don't typically chuckle what do you do what are your thoughts oh no and is that the cleaned up version or not most folks, when they see road work ahead, construction, know that, oh, we're going to be late, it's going to take extra time, it's going to be, oh, it is one of the most frustrating things. In Michigan, what do they say? Two seasons, winter and construction. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So we see road work ahead, construction signs, and our heart sinks a little bit. Well, I don't know if you noticed, but many of the scriptures that we are exposed to at this time of year in Advent, particularly from the book of Isaiah, really have road work as a common theme. I just said the repeated again what Pastor Brandt had read from Isaiah 35, verse 8, where it talks about a highway will be there. There's some even more familiar words, and that's where Isaiah chapter 40 comes in. You might recognize these words. I think they get read nearly every year in Advent. These are the words of Isaiah, and then they get repeated for us often, because when we talk about the person who came to prepare the way for Jesus, the one who was appointed to come and get people ready for him, Again, uh, any of our young people, tell me who that was. Who was it that was sent to prepare the way for Jesus to come? John the Baptist. Thank you. In fact, our gospel lesson for today was about John the Baptist. There is a lot written. And his message was basically this one from Isaiah chapter 40. In fact, he quotes it verbatim as we have it recorded in Matthew and Luke. But Isaiah chapter 40 beginning in verse 3. And these, I think, will sound familiar. In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And then it goes on to say, make the low places high and make the high places low, the crooked straight, and so forth. It sounds like we're building a road, doesn't it? It's like we should see an orange barrel or sign that says construction zone, road work ahead. And yet, of course, as much as he appeals and we understand the concept of, of actual road work, physical highways, yet we also can make the application of John's point, of Isaiah's point, of God's point, that this road work is something that needs to take place in our hearts, 
in our lives. And as is so often the case, the analogies that Scripture uses have some wonderful applications, have some wonderful points of comparison where we can take something out of this example and apply it to our lives. Road work. We don't like it. It's going to take time. Isn't that precisely what construction does on the road? It it takes us out of our normal time frame and we get frustrated. Well, guess what? Preparing the way for the Lord in our hearts can take time. The whole message of John the Baptist including what is he, he repeated and, and, and from Isaiah and his whole message, his whole message could be summarized, I think, in one word. In one word, the entire message of John the Baptist, and it starts with an R. What do you think that message is? One word. Absolutely. Repent. And that is really what we're called to do. But you know what? It's not always convenient. It may take time. You see, to repent, to prepare that road in our heart, means just like building a regular road, we have to address some things. We're told, for example, that the low places must be filled in. You know As a kid growing up, and and really even to adulthood, I don't think I ever truly realized why roads were called highways. I just, when I heard the word highway, I just knew it was a road. Never, ever thought about how much fill had to be brought in in order to level out the ground. And as you drive around, I mean, some of you, it's second nature. You can put all that together, but if you've never thought about it, you know, in um, the, maybe the closest example of, of, um, of filling in the road or the, the place so that a road can be put in, maybe the closest example might be Hathco. Because as 675 was built, my understanding was that they needed to, to fill that, and that's where uh, Hathco Lake there became part of, uh, came into existence. All of that fill to fill in the low spot so that they could put the road in and keep it so it didn't have to go down and up and down all the time and deal with all those issues. How many low spots are there in our lives? And I'm not talking necessarily emotionally low spots of of sadnesses and depressions, although maybe those need to be filled in too to what we can control. But how many low spots? Places that are just kind of (laughs) muddy, swampy, Is that a good word? It might fit. Places that need to have so much brought in to to make them passable. And what is it that, that we're supposed to fill those things with? Well, certainly, God's Word. That's why we're placing such an emphasis this year on being in that Word. And hopefully those of you who have been part of the story, or even if you haven't been, hopefully God's Word has been one of those things that you've been able to fill your life with and, and all of a sudden realize just how much fulfilling it is to, to be in that Word and allow it to fill as well as with the Holy Spirit. 
What a blessing that is. But just as the low places need to be filled in, we're also told that the, the high places need to be cut down. Again, as a kid, I never realized that as we'd go through, granted, Michigan doesn't have much in the way of, quote, mountains. If you go out west, you can see it very vividly. But even in Michigan, driving around, you'll notice that, and as a kid, I always thought, well, isn't that interesting? You're driving down the highway, and it's like, huh, two perfectly symmetrical hills on either side of the road. Wow, what are the chances of that? Never dreamed that, oh, you mean they had to cut through that hill? in order to make the pitch and the grade of the road the right one? Huh, so obvious, but it just it never occurred to me that they had to remove, sometimes they have to blast in order to dig out those hills and make them smaller so the road can go through. Ah, the application. Where are those high points? Again, not emotionally, now that's not what we're talking about, but where are those points in our lives, oh, that, that one thing called pride? On the one hand, it could be such a good thing, but at the same time, it's also called one of the seven deadly sins. Doesn't pride kind of equate in many ways? You know, you get puffed up, built up, almost like a mountain in our life that when we want to bring the road, or God wants to bring the road through, Oh, it can run into a roadblock, doesn't it? When our sinful pride gets in the way. Yet we're told, prepare the way. Knock down those high places. Humble yourself. Allow God to work His way in your life. Oh, how much help we need. And how do we know what's too high or what's too low? What is that device that they use when they're building roads? If they want to make something straight and all the same level, what do they call that? Yeah, a level or uh, they, they look through something and they shoot it. I guess they say they shoot a, what is that? The transit, thank you. They shoot a transit so that they can see exactly where the next spot should be, whether it needs to be higher, lower. What is it that guides our life? What is our transit? that God gives to us so that we can know whether we're, we're following the right course for our, for our lives. Well, that's where the law comes in. That's where the Ten Commandments that God gave. That's where His instructions to us throughout Scripture and in the New Testament. He constantly is giving that guidance so that when we have a tendency to kind of go this way or follow the, the course of least resistance this way, that God's Word calls us back and says, no, 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 no. No, you, you want to keep going down this straight path right here. And yet, it means that mountain's got to be gotten out of the way. It means that that valley's going to be need to be filled in. But that's a lot of work, Lord. Yeah. Nobody said it was going to be easy. I'd invite you to turn to another passage in Isaiah. This one I'd like you to go to Isaiah chapter 57. We'll keep it simple, all in the same book. So at least if you found Isaiah, if, if your children had to point out where Isaiah was in the Bible, at least you don't have to go to a different book now. Isaiah chapter 57, verse 14, uses some, some of that same language. In fact, it's so important that he says it twice. Build up, 
Build up. Prepare the road. Remove the obstacles out of the way. You see, that's yet another thing. Remove the obstacles out of the way. Another passage is very similar to it. Uh, Isaiah chapter 62, verse 10. And I'll just read that if you want to go there, fine. But it says very much the same thing. Isaiah 62, 10 says, Build up, build up the highway. Remove the stones, it says. Remove the stones. Oh, you're way ahead of me now, aren't you? Because not only are there low places and high places that need to be leveled out, there are obstacles in our lives, obstacles to God's working, His Holy Spirit. There are stones that have to be moved. (laughs) Anybody want to care to share what some of those stones might be in your life, those obstacles, the working of the Lord? No, don't. I'm not asking for that. But you know what they are. God's word continues to pick our conscience. And we become aware of those things. Construction can take a long time. Way longer than we think it should in a lot of cases. Aren't they done with that road yet? Wasn't this job supposed to be done by October? And here it is, December? Maybe the same is true in the work in our lives. Get rid of the obstacles. Make a path for the Lord. Now, since we're talking about construction, maybe it's appropriate to have us consider what type of construction worker are you? What type of construction worker are you? And what I mean by that is not so much uh, what your specific job might be, but what your attitude is in terms of doing your job. How many times haven't you driven past a construction site where there's somebody whose job is to simply hold a sign that says slow, or they can flip it around and it says stop, or something like that. And how many of you haven't wondered, I wonder how much they're getting paid to stand there and hold that sign. I know what you're thinking. All right, I know. Wouldn't it be great to just hold a sign and tell other people what to do? I bet we all make great construction workers when it comes, that type of construction worker when it comes to our spiritual life. Not addressing our own issues, but we hold up a sign and we tell everybody else what they need to do. We say, slow down, stop, oh, you're doing something wrong. Oh, you need to go that way. There's a detour. Head that direction. What a great, great... It's great work if you can get it, right? And all of us figure we should be able to get it. And maybe that's necessary at times. God calls us as spiritual responsibility to be concerned about others and so forth. But if we don't address our own issues... And then how many haven't you gone past construction workers? Well, let's just say that they're less than industrious. Maybe we catch them on their coffee break, but you would almost be certain that you've seen them on coffee break like mile after mile after mile, you know, leaning on the shovel, just kind of six people standing around, maybe one's working. 
Oh yeah, before we point the fingers though, in our spiritual lives, how often don't we take that approach? You know, oh maybe dig a little bit here and there, but it's pretty half-hearted. Yeah, I know that that rock's got to be moved, I know we got to fill in some places here, but you know, I'm awful tired, I don't really think that that's what I want to do. But then, as you well know, there are those construction workers who earn every penny, if you will. They are there working hard, they are doing their work, they are following instructions, they are working diligently, industriously, in order to get the job done. And that's what Advent calls us to do. That's what we are called to do as we prepare the way of the Lord in our hearts. But now that brings us to Isaiah 35. And that brings us to the text that we had read. One more word about highways and so forth. It says, and a highway... Wait a minute, it doesn't say prepare a highway. It says a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. Now wait a minute, this is a little bit different language here. It's not telling us to do... It says... Wicked fools will not go about on it. The unclean will not journey there. Does that mean people who text and and talk on their cell phones at the same time won't be able to be on that road? I almost think that's what that's talking about. No lion will be there, nor will any ferocious peace get up on it. They will not be found there, but only the redeemed will walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them. And sorrow and sighing will flee away. Whoa! This is a little bit different construction road talk. This is not a road that has to be made by you and me. This is a road that has already been made by God himself. Now I realize this has implications into eternity and this certainly is talking about the day when the kingdom of God is fulfilled in its glory and we will experience nothing but peace. But you know what? Even as we are working hard to clear the path in our lives for God to come, I think these words still apply. Who are the redeemed of God? Who are the righteous that follow in his way? You know who that is? It's anyone who calls on the name of the Lord. It's anyone who confesses their sins and says, Lord, I can't do it. I can't do the road work that you've called me to do. Forgive me. And God grants his blessing and forgiveness. We are the ones who at the same time as we are working, we are already walking on the way of holiness by God's grace. Having been forgiven, having been redeemed, having been declared righteous for Christ's sake, we are the ones who are experiencing his bliss, his joy. Yeah, there's a lot of road work in our lives to do, but there's also God's work that has been done that we experience as his children. In Jesus' name, amen.
And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.